Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana and Morgan. I'm Diana. Hi, I'm Morgan with Cannabis Women's Alliance. Yay. Oh, yes, I should say I'm with Good Vibes Marketing Agency. <laughs> Are you? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a, a wanderer. <laughs> so before we get started today, I want to mention that one of our fabulous guest Heidi Keys of Puff Pass and Paint has offered our listeners a 20% off code with the code your highness all in caps and you should definitely check out her offerings because she has some classes in DC and Colorado um and, and this is the one where you can Portland. book pot and paint at the same time? Oh, yeah. She has all kinds of things. There is, like, you can book private classes. You can, um, they have pampering sessions. Uh, I even think they have a writing class uh, coming up soon. They're doing a lot of really fantastic things. And so are all the women that we've spoken to in these last few episodes. And it's just been a great experience. Uh, so... With that, well, good. I can't wait to hear that interview. <laughs> what did it do? Because women rock. They so really do. Talk about the regular news because we're on. That's unbelievable. Because you're what? Because oh. we're in episode four. Oh. <laughs> I, can you believe that? All right. Well, to the news. All right. From the cannabis and the Associated Press. Um, or do you say Nevada? Nevada, Nevada. Nevada. Nevada, Nevada. <laughs> now I'm questioning how I say everything. So do so they're trying to deal with you know gambling, gambling and cannabis. They're not supposed to touch each other because cannabis is still federally illegal. And so um, we're going to try and keep the two separated. And we don't really know if we want cannabis companies coming to Vegas, especially those those grower people. You know, because that's illegal, and we don't really think that we want to do that, um, which is really sad because they're so behind the times. Um, but there's always the big conventions in November in Vegas. Everybody will be there. Um, of course, none of those, I don't know how they're going to, how they actually keep anybody who's not making cannabis. It's all related. It all gets yeah. around. I don't understand this at all. Because I would think this would be such a boon to their industry, um, especially for people who don't drink. 
(laughs) for whatever reason. Yes, exactly. And so if you want to, you have to, in my opinion, to deal with gambling, but I'm not, you know, really that into it. But if you want that, exactly. If you want to get people that aren't into it, into it. I think that would be a perfect way. Oh, I just dream of the day when I can sit at my nickel one arm bandit and just play nickels and smoke pot and just take that joint. I never find the nickel slots, man. I had like <laughs> bags of nickels the last time I went to Atlantic City. It's always either the nickels or the dimes that come back with me. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so anyway. <laughs> but, but also this thing, this thing about Vegas, it, it really kind of freaked me out, was I read a story um, about Isaac Dietrich. Uh-huh. The CEO, uh, the social media platform Mass Roots. Uh-huh. He was in Vegas, and he's also a part of High Times. And he was signed up at the Wins Resort. And he was, you know, signing up for his red card reward program while he was there. Uh-huh. And if you can believe it, these guys actually escorted him off the property in day and seven because of his role in a publicly traded technology com- uh, company in the cannabis sector. And not um, even touching plant. Thing. And I just. Right? Not even touching it. Yeah. That but is somehow, just ridiculous. Because he, but he ends up uh, earning a salary through any of these uh, cannabis related businesses has got him banned permanently. Gambling and prostitution. Well, what's the problem with cannabis? The plant. Yeah. It all goes together. No, I'm just joking. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's just stick with what the uh, guys, the, the, the city official said that is against it, that the two shall never meet. All right. We'll keep that. We'll, we'll, keep, that we'll keep that up. Yeah. We'll make our own slots. Slot machines. <laughs> when, you know, if you get a full bar of cannabis right across the front, potly, potly, potly. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, my ding, ding, ding. That just sounds like an amazing experience. I think we just created like a, a whole experience that we should copyright. Okay, so <laughs> all right. So next up, WikiLeaf brings the first in-flight cannabis commercial to Virgin America this summer. Woohoo! So I guess passengers flying Virgin America will have the opportunity to see the first ever in-flight commercial for cannabis. The commercial was created by WikiLeaf, who offer an app, an app, and website. Did I say WikiLeaf earlier or WikiLeak? Because I did not mean to say WikiLeak. WikiLeaf. That <laughs> <laughs> make a difference. Yeah, right? Um, so they offer an app and website that, I guess, can, that tracks and compares prices of cannabis products through legal outlets. And the ad will show how a woman is packing for her flight and decides to leave her stash of cannabis at home um, and chooses instead to search for local cannabis products at her destination, which is what we totally recommend you to. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I would never. <laughs> I would I ever. Yeah. Don't you know, do it. No. Don't do it. It's especially when they already search your hair. Just, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. They searched yeah. my hair last time. I was like, is this good fellas? Like what is going on right now? You know? <laughs> oh no. I, I was pulled out of line once at an air at an airport and I was like, no, I'm putting Amsterdam. And I was like, man, did I leave something? Did I put some hash somewhere? I don't remember. Yeah. You know? And then, it, no, it, the, the cutest little beagle pulled me over because I have tulips Aww. in my luggage. The cutest little beagle? 
I know like, so bad. Ma'am, come with me. <laughs> you know what you did. He was on duty today, but yeah, he pulled me over and took my my tulip bulbs, and I'm like, man, I just bought it. Well, you know, I, I'd rather lose my bulbs than lose my freedom. So, have a, have give it. me my bulbs or give me my freedom. <laughs> have it, never mind the space cake that's in my my carry on. Okay, right? You're like, forget about it. Take all the tulips. <laughs> All of them. Have all of them. Right. Distraction method. Yeah, exactly. So I fly Virgin America. Yeah. I I want to. I I just haven't been able to get to a destination yet that allows it. So that'll definitely be on my list. Um, You're in Florida. Yeah. Uh, Is it true that (laughs) the medical uh, cannabis program is expanding? It's just growing Pizza now, but it looks like it's doubled uh, uh, since the beginning. Um, yeah, isn't it? Isn't that bizarre? I mean, you would think with uh, like almost seventy percent uh, approval rating, or I'm sorry, so sixty over sixty percent of Florida voted for Amendment Two to pass, and it was like the like a record breaking. You know, like people that never voted ever in their lives came out. So. Um, I guess they weren't expecting such a great response because we all need it here. I can tell you that. I mean, I don't know what they're, you know, who they're talking to, but I know that it's desperately needed here and I'm hoping that they can get their shit together and everyone who needs it for medicine will be able to. Um, Unfortunately, you won't be able to smoke it because that is part of amendment two, unless that changes with the lawsuit that has been brought upon by um, attorney John Morgan. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But as it stands right now, you cannot smoke it what? in Florida. Yes. Are you supposed to rub it into your belly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you shoot, shoot, snort, rub into your belly. That's your shit. I should say you shouldn't, you can't smoke flour. <laughs> You're allowed to use a vape pen, but that was like tooth and nail for them to get even that. You're allowed to use um, a vape pen and I guess the oil or tincture, but no, um, flowers and it's low THC. So yeah. that's just bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you know what? I mean, I'm glad that so many people are coming out and that people are actually approaching their position saying, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I should, what I should have. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Yeah. And especially here. It was this, this like yeah, he's not old people down there. Well, not just that, but we have a very big um, addiction recovery um, element here. It's like pretty much what a lot of people move here for the reason, you know, some type of rehabilitation program because this is like next to California, where the rehab capital of the country. So you would think that they would be looking at the positives that that cannabis does as an exit drug. And stop talking about it being a gateway drug. But Absolutely. You know, opioid addiction is down and safe for marijuana is legalized. Yes. So people need to hear that, that, you know, start looking at alternatives and stepping down in a way. Um, I wish the program, you know, addiction places would start. Embracing that. Yeah. And, and, but in fact, they're treating against cannabis. You know, yeah. you go in for cannabis addiction, you know, and I'm like, well, 
why don't we treat the harsh addictions? You know, I'm, right. I know that there are addictive qualities. Anything can become addictive. You know. Well, you know, the other problem is down here. We also have a very big problem with rehab owners not being uh, above board because there was like a giant um, ring that was busted several months ago. This rehab owner, he was. Um, he was found guilty of human trafficking and sex trafficking, um, like basically oh, okay. all kinds of things. Like there was, it's this, check it out some point, check rehab at South Florida and you'll see, um, lots of fun stories okay. to read, <laughs> but basically, <laughs> so basically there's that element here and there's a lot of people making a lot of money. Uh, so of course, why would they say, you know what? That's just a plant, and that plant can help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's criminal, really, what they're doing. It, it is. is. And they all get caught. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope so, too. All right, so next up. Uh, <laughs> next is our favorite buddy, Jeff Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. He bashes Hollywood's portrayal of... He thinks that Hollywood is, like, making cannabis sexy and... Uh, <laughs> to quote him, I should say, in recent years, some of the government officials, media, and Hollywood elites in this country have sent mixed messages and accommodating messages about the harmfulness of drugs, Session said, before calling that sentiment unacceptable. So. Is he done? Because I can't, I, I mean, I actually blocked out. I just can't even believe. I know, me too. I swear. <laughs> I get like a rage out when he comes on now. Like, I try to listen because I'm like, I need to know what he's saying and I shouldn't just be reading about it. And I just, I, I black out or something. I don't know. But it's like, yeah. I also think of the Keebler elf. And then I think about mm-hmm. um, uh, who did the impression of him on um, SNL. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was so funny. So now, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the circle my brain goes in, like, every, pretty much with every politician that's ever been, you know, me fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anybody needed to smoke weed, it's Jeff Session. I just feel like, I don't know, so maybe, maybe his parents, like, threw pot at him and he's trying to sleep at night or something. Like, why does he hate cannabis so much? I think it's because all the cool kids are doing it. When you look at he's he's bitching at Hollywood, saying that we're glamorizing it, and he's like, no, we're not glamorizing it. We're making it normal because that's what it is. You know, you don't get it because you've never tried it. You never, you don't know anything about it. You're, you know, what else can we do? And I know that here in Washington State, Governor Inslee has invited them here, wanted to talk to him about it. We have Bob Ferguson, Attorney General. He wants to talk to him about it. Our, here in Washington State, we'll, we'll talk to anybody and let them know. Exchange our state for the good. You know, it's not perfect, but uh, what Sessions is doing is completely, completely the wrong approach. Yes, um, I mean with everything, really, everything that he's doing. And mm-hmm. speaking of despicable people and black souls and everything that's come out of this administration, <laughs> you must be talking about today's blunt talk. Yeah. And- and motherfucker Roger Stone. Yes, this guy is just <laughs> this guy. Ugh, this fucking guy. All right. Um. So let's start from the beginning. He was. He's been trying to become part of the cannabis industry for a little while now, um, and he's one of Trump's cronies. Um, 
He recently said that Trump was right to pardon Joe Arpaio. Um, he's a Nixon fanboy and our overall garbage fire. But he... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's civil war. Yeah, he he apparently like went on Twitter and made like a video and everything. And I mean, I he's another one I can't watch, but he was originally on the list of speakers, I believe, for um, an upcoming cannabis expo, and there was pushback to that. Uh, most people in this industry are not coming from a place of hatred and. and racism and sexism, or at least the people that we want in this industry. <laughs> so they fought against it. That's right. Yeah. It was uh, a boycott from some of the organizers that include the Minority Cannabis Business Association, lovingly referred to as the NCBA, mm-hmm. and Women Above Ground, led by Bonita Money. Um, they were just not going to do it. They said, if he speaks, we're pulling out, you know, and it's been a while. I think they had a lot of really heartfelt conversations. What are going to do? You know, do they give this guy a stage? You know, and you know, Roger Stone saying, hey, First Amendment, I want my rights. I want my rights. And uh, everybody else is saying, modify, I have anything to say about it. And mm-hmm. you know, they spoke up. Yes. And the result of that was that he was dropped from this particular expo. And uh, LA Weekly reported it today, saying, mm-hmm. you know, the WCB Expo, uh, which is scheduled in Los Angeles, September 13th through the 15th, has officially dropped him. And now Roger Stone says, I'm going to sue you. So for, he said he wants to sue them for $1 million. Jeez. Unbelievable. How is this going to end? How is this going to end? Well, apparently the Expo boycott has, is not officially over, or we don't know that for sure, because uh, Jesse Horton, NCBA's board chair, indicated that Stone's absence would set things back to normal, but he wouldn't say, however, whether or not the Expo, Expo boycott was officially over. So well, I guess we'll have to see how this plays out, but um, I'm glad that... That he was dropped, definitely. I mean, that was an, a good part on the expo, definitely. Um, but will they yeah. will they fold to the pressure? I mean, a million dollars? I don't know. This is just one of those things. It's like the he, he can scream the First Amendment all he wants, but when you're talking about your words that actually create violence and 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 kill people, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's not just speech, no, it's active mean, violence. Yeah. Yeah, our brothers and sisters of color have been oppressed through the cannabis for far too long. Good for the expo for dropping him. So I am thankful uh, that this is happening, but I, I know that w- this is not done. I know this is not the end of the story. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that I haven't met yet in this industry that want him to be a part of it. And, um, I'm sure they have their reasons, but I just think that this industry has no place for no place for this kind of hatred. Nope. Um, any of the isms, you know, we don't need it. We just don't. Let's just let's like finally create like an equal opportunity for everyone, you know. Um, right. I mean, I know that sounds like super uh, unrealistic because <laughs> <laughs> I like um, dreaming, but you know, it's like it. It's hopefully somewhere we can reach as long well, as we push against we, these people. 
cannabis could save the planet. I mean, it really could. It could yeah, definitely. It could, save, it could save so many people. Yes. So we have to just keep fighting the good fight, sister. We'll just keep elevating our friends and people that are doing the right things in the industry. So yeah, this is, this is good. Thank you so much for this episode, sister. I love it. Thanks for chatting with me today, Morgan. Heidi Keys is the creator of Puff, Pass, and Paint, the first legal cannabis-friendly art class. She started Puff, Pass, and Paint in January of 2014, and it was quickly apparent that art and cannabis are extremely complementary, encouraging laughter, creativity, and introspection. She and Michael Eimer, founder of Colorado Cannabis Tours, merged businesses in 2015, where they are expanding their classes, tours, and other cannabis-friendly activities to other legal states through the parent company, CannabisTours.com, which currently offers classes in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Oregon, Nevada, and California. What inspired the creation of Puff Pass in Paint? So I was actually working as an artist. That's what I have my degree in. Um, I was teaching some classes and um, doing my own painting and selling my own work. Um, and this was at the beginning of legalization in Colorado. So I've been living in Denver for about five years already, I believe. Um, and one of my friends, we were kind of just sitting around talking and she was like, hey, you know, those wine and painting classes, you should do that with weed. And I just kind of laughed and I was like, I don't think anybody would come to that. I think only I like to do that. Surprise. And so I um, just put something on Facebook and I was like, hey, is anyone interested in doing this class? I hold a couple of sessions and it just immediately. Um, and so that's how Puff Pass and Paint was started. Um, I feel really, really lucky that it is something that I get to do every day because cannabis and art have always been something that played huge roles in my life. So it's something that I'm really passionate about um, and just, you know, something that I have a really good time doing as well. Awesome. In your opinion, how are women and femmes changing the ca cannabis industry? I think that women are really, and I think it's really cool seeing all of these ancillary businesses popping up that aren't just um, in cannabis or growing cannabis or delivering cannabis or things like that. I mean, obviously, we need all of those things. Those are really great and really important to the industry. But I think that women are really innovative, and they found different ways to be a part of the industry actually um, selling cannabis themselves. And um, it's, it's really cool being a part of the community as I feel like most of the women in this industry really stick together. Um, they're really willing to help each other out. They're willing to answer questions. I just got off um, the, actually the call before this was with Tokativity there in Portland and they are a women's group. Who works Shut up. That's which one, Sam or Lisa? Lisa. Lisa. Okay, cool. Yep. I was just on a call with both of them. And um, I thought it was really cool because we spent an hour chatting and they were like, we're expanding. Like, can you help us? And I was like, yes, of course. And so we were just talking about, um, you know, different ways that they could expand and what might help them. And it's really cool to be a part of an industry as a woman that people are so willing to help each other out. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any advice for women entrepreneurs who want to work in cannabis but have no idea where to start? Yes. Reach out to people. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And honestly, kind of get your foot in the door wherever you can. I mean, 
it, it can be a hard industry industry to get into. A little lot of regulation. There's a lot of red tape. If you're starting a business, it's hard to know where to start. Um, one of my, my best suggestions is if you're starting a business, um, especially in regards to product or social consumption, talk to a lawyer first. See what your limits are. Know exactly what you can and can't do so that you are helping um, grow the community you're a part of and improve the regulations and build upon those and not hurting them. And how does cannabis elevate? And how does cannabis elevate classes? <laughs> well, I think that making art can be something that is really stressful for a lot of people. You know, I forget because it's something I do so often, but for a lot of people, it's something that they, I mean, some people haven't painted, they say, since kindergarten or ever that they remember. And so they come into a class and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be horrible at this. My painting is going to suck, you know, like I'm going to be embarrassed. And that's not what these classes are about. And being creative and laughing and enjoying legal cannabis and smoking with people you know, smoking with people you don't, just having a really good time. And so I think cannabis really facilitates the enjoyment of it and being able to relax and create and worry less about making a perfect painting and more enjoy the actual experience of it. What surprised you most about the cannabis industry when you first started? Uh, I would say, I guess probably how how difficult it is to make sure you're doing things correctly, especially with being in eight different locations. Now, every state, every community, every neighborhood has different regulations as far as or can't do. Um, and, you know, I guess I was a little five years ago when I started this, nearly five I had no idea it was going to even reach that level. It was just a fun thing for me. You know, so that's definitely the hardest part about it is just making sure that you are doing everything legally because you don't want to hurt regulation, you know. Um, so that was surprising for me, but something that I've continued to learn. And I think something that has been really good for me to learn as well. Are there any events approaching that you would like to promote or anything going on that you would like to draw attention to? I know you have a lot of things. We've got some really cool ones. Yeah, we've got some really cool ones coming up in different locations. So um, we have right now, um, or I have ongoing classes: DC, Denver, Sacramento, LA, Oakland, uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas is on a temporary hold just because of, of the permitting there. Um, I don't know. We've got a bunch of different locations. They're all on the website. If you go to cannabistours.com or puffpassandpaint.com. Um, so yeah, we have Puff Pass and Paint in every location, Puff Pass and Pottery, Puff Pass and Pastry, which is a cannabis cooking class brunch that's super fun. And then in Denver and some other places, we have some different things like there's yoga classes, mala building workshop, and sewing class, which is really cute. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. We've got a lot of different stuff going on. All right. Thank you so much for taking your time with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Nice chatting with you. You as well. Take care. Lisa Snyder is a Portland-based feminist and the founder of Tokativity, a consumption-friendly event series for women. She has been women-affesting feminist events for over a decade including nationwide women's benefits and festivals, solidly established meetup for bisexual and lesbian women that was founded in 2008, and a feminist nonprofit in New York City. 
Her intention is to nurture safe, sp safe spaces for women to connect, learn, and to create, which empower women to take action in their businesses and personal lives. So what inspired the creation of Tokativity? Well, um, as many fun and creative ideas uh, often happen and hanging out with them. Um, but I've also been doing feminist events for over a decade. And so there was a time, a moment in time where I thought it would be amazing to combine um, the idea of putting a feminist event together, um, which is definitely in my comfort zone with um, consumption events and uh, making them special and making them accessible to women of all generations and um, ethnic backgrounds. In your opinion, how are women and femmes changing the cannabis industry? Um, I feel like the thing I'm noticing the most is changing the basement stoner stigma or mentality. Um, there's a lot of people that believe that people that smoke weed are not successful, that they um, just hang out in basements and play video games all day and that they're mostly men. And the truth is that there's a lot of women consumers and they, they are the ones that are actually changing the face of cannabis and making it sexier and making it more accessible and um, making it way less basement stonery. <laughs> um, I understand that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, is like about the industry in general is that the women are making it a way more equal playing field as far as the industry goes. And it's really like the first industry, um, perhaps even ever that has the opportunities for women to possibly become, um, you know, as equal as we can possibly get in an industry. Right. Um, yeah. Is that what surprised you the most? I mean, that's the next question. What surprised you the most about the cannabis industry when you started? Um, I think when I first started, um, at least here in Oregon um, and in Portland specifically, everyone was really nice and really excited to connect with each other. And I felt like at the time... Um, upon entering that there was we were all on the edge of something incredible and we are um, because you know we have this opportunity right now to engage in legal marijuana in a way that we never have been before um, and everyone was really wanting to make connections and really and really wanting to support each other and I didn't notice as much comp competitive energy in the beginning um, I am seeing it now as I enter into like what I'm calling like my sophomore year of cannabis because um, it it does exist because it's business, but um, it happens. Yeah. yeah, but but mostly it was the intention of everyone wanting to connect, and I still do believe that that's ex extremely true. Yeah, totally. Do you have any advice for women entrepreneurs who want to work in cannabis but have no idea where to start? Yes, I have a ton of advice around this. Good. I actually did a workshop here as a second one we ever did called Get That Fucking Job. I saw it. I love the name. Thanks. Um, and 
it was to teach women, you know, some of the things that I wish I knew. So I didn't have to do, I, I did a ton of research about like, what do I want to do? And where do I want to be? And like, how do I want to use my skills in this place? And, you know, what, what works and what doesn't work. And so what I would say is make as many connections um, as possible, especially with other women. Um, because I feel like the women, wherever it may be, whether it's Tokativity or any of these other women's, um, uh, networks, um, is a way to build relationships and to learn really important information that may not be publicly shared. And a lot of the jobs come from the inside. Like you may see something on Craigslist or you may see something out there in the world, but nine times out of 10, the person that gets hired is um, someone who knows somebody else. And that's pretty much what your tokativity, that's what a lot of tokativity is about, right? Making these connections in this industry and teaching people, giving them the tools that they need. Yeah, it's a lot of things. Um, but yeah, one, the biggest thing I think that makes the whole wheel turn is the connections that women make professionally and personally. It's like business relationships, friendships are are created, and it's across between women in the cannabis industry and cannabis consumers. Mm-hmm. So women who love cannabis, who consume cannabis, and we're doing things uh, like workshops, like the Get a Job workshop, um, and all kinds of different ones. Um, we have some that are coming up. But um, socials, which is an opportunity for women-owned businesses and partially women-owned businesses to have a free table to talk about their work in the world, whether it is someone in the cannabis industry or not. So a lot of connections are made because of just cannabis. It brings women together, brings people together. And it's one thing that really we all have in common, no matter what our background is. And that is a lot of what Tokativity has been about. That's awesome. What is your favorite aspect of working in cannabis? Um... I think the thing that continues to um, make me smile is the normalizing that happens, um, the socializing, like a lot of social engagements end up, everyone ends up consuming cannabis in some way because they're all, you know, this is why we're all here is to support the plant. Um, although there are some people in the cannabis industry that don't smoke at all or don't consume at all, which is totally fine, but um, judgmental about it or anything. And it doesn't even stand out usually from what I see. It's totally normal. And that's what we're all trying to do is normalize it. So yeah, it's just, it's not something you have to hide and it's not taboo and it's, it's still strange um, to like come out of the green closet, you know, to new people all the time. Um, But it's, it's so easy when you're like, you know, at a cannabis conference and you're just talking about, you know, what kind of strain you like or what your favorite way of consuming is or whatever. And it's normal. It's a universal icebreaker. Yeah. Are there, you have a lot of events and things happening. Are, is there anything, you know, particular you'd like to promote or just call attention to some things that you have going on? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're actually almost sold out of this workshop that's happening on Thursday. We've got one ticket left, but um, it's called Lady Bits. Um, it's a tokativity workshop with the post-structuralist Volvo coloring book author, Megan Palmer. And um, we're super excited about this. We're, we're branching, um, you know, we're not obsessing about cannabis in every aspect. We're, we're, this is about women and this is about forward movement of women. Mm-hmm. And so 
so um, talking about Lady Bits and learning from someone who has published a coloring book and um, worked through body issues mm-hmm. um, through this process. Like that's one one way I would like to continue to get the message out about like body love. You know, like there's a lot of things that we're we're doing so activity to help women forward in the world. Um, so I'm super excited about that. That's happening this Thursday on the 31st of August. And then we just scheduled um, our upcoming socials. Well, we had the September one scheduled, but we finished the calendar with the upcoming one. So September 8th is our Togativity social harvest moon theme. Um, October 21st is our Togativity social witchy woman. November 17th is our back to the 90s social. And then December 16th is holiday soiree. Well, it's so great to have someone like you in this industry. And it was great connecting with you. Thank you for taking your time today. To- yeah, you're super welcome. All right. Well, Thank you. Day. Take care. Hey, you too. Bye. Shanita Penny is an internationally recognized management consultant with over a decade of experience in helping Fortune 500 companies solve complex issues and improve business performance. In 2015, Shanita took a leap of faith and founded Budding Solutions. A passion for cannabis and expert in business, Shanita transitioned her consulting business from serving corporate entities to cannabis startups. When she isn't running Budding Solutions, Shanita is working to reform local, national, and state marijuana laws. How easy was it for you to transfer your other business experience to the cannabis industry? It was not easy, but it made a lot of sense. So I knew it would take uh, some work and some time, uh, but it was like any other venture for me uh, in consulting. I am constantly learning a new industry, a new company, or a new client. Uh, So transitioning into the cannabis uh, cannabis industry wasn't any different for me. Okay. Tell me how Budding Solutions can help an entrepreneur realize their business goals in the cannabis industry. Well, we can help you flesh out an idea. We can help you grow an existing business. Uh, we can help you identify, you know, partnerships, uh, clients, customers, companies that you'd uh, like to work with. We are a full-service business consulting firm uh, specializing in cannabis businesses, uh, but we have a ton of experience in other industries mm-hmm. um, and with other companies from startups to, you know, large Fortune 100 and 500 companies. Mm-hmm. So you help with all the compliance and every, like, every aspect, basically, of starting up in this industry. Absolutely. If you are a plant-touching business requiring a uh, cannabis license, we can help from the application process through startup and ongoing uh, management and support. Uh, If you are an ancillary business, uh, again, that's more uh, traditional, just understanding how you interact with uh, cannabis clients that you may be serving. Uh, But, yeah, we can help you um, wherever you are in the industry. That's awesome. So you are, well, at first let's talk about the MCBA. We've already spoken about them quite a, quite a bit on the show, but that's the Minority Cannabis Business Association, um, for those who don't know. So why is it important for entrepreneurs and business owners in the cannabis industry to be aware of 
DMCBA. The Minority Cannabis Business Association is focused on three tenets, uh, economic empowerment, social justice, and also patient and consumer advocacy. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about economic empowerment, you know, the, the true minority in the cannabis space today in this regulated industry um, is really now folks that don't have a lot of money, folks that don't have access to a lot of the capital required. Uh, they don't have access to um, the network of experts that can help you with things like application, um, the, the licensing application. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the Minority Cannabis Business Association uh, is a place where, you know, someone that wants to participate in this industry or a patient who, who needs to understand this industry mm -hmm. from that perspective can come to for resources um, and, and we're accessible. Yes, really. I was just going to say that. I, I didn't want to cut you off, but um, <laughs> I've been able to access the uh, webinars because I'm a, I'm a member, but... Um, and it's affordable, and the webinars are fantastic. I mean, they are so full of information. It's, Thank you. I love it. I mean, really, I can't say enough good things about the MCBA. It's wonderful. And that was our goal. You know, people have the opportunity to spend their money, um, you know, with some of the larger organizations, mm -hmm. um, but they're larger and they require more, um, and they may not always be in your best interest and mm -hmm. so the minority cannabis business association offers up you know membership and you have a voice in the uh policies that we want to affect you have a voice in you know being a part of the movements that we want to either start mm -hmm. or or join right so yeah super important for entrepreneurs and and they shouldn't be you know uh nervous or hesitant about our resources because of because of the name again yeah. we are looking to make this a, a better industry for everyone yes that's awesome um so how can a business owner with limited financial and networking opportunities actively participate in um initiatives like drafting model legislation and if you want to talk about the model legislation a little bit. Sure. Well, members have access to our uh, online resources, like you mentioned, our mm -hmm. webinars. Uh, but then we also have our networking rallies uh, held uh, throughout the country, throughout the year. Uh, and then members also have access to um, other uh, tickets and conference registrations for, for organizations that we have I, identified as, as great partners that are, are, you know, in this fight alongside us and, and helping us to make this a better industry. So, you know, if you've got limited resources, we have, you know, a tiered membership mm -hmm. uh, model. So access to, you know, MCBA, we want everyone to be involved. And so we have a level of membership um, that is, is, is limited, but it gives you some access and it allows you to um, check the organization out mm -hmm. before oh, you yeah. make a huge commitment, whether it's monthly or yearly. Um, you know, once you've identified MCBA as a, as a place that you'd like to leverage your resources and your talent and, 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 and get behind what we're doing and bring some of your ideas to the table to, to leverage our resources, um, you know, there are, you know, monthly memberships. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a $35 a year membership. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then we also have 
a, a $500 membership for solo entrepreneurs. So, you know, it gives you the company member benefits, uh, but it's not at the same rate as someone who's, you know, generating much more revenue and, and operating a larger business. So right. our membership uh, fee structure is, is you know, it's created in a way that makes the organization accessible to anyone who wants to get involved. Mm-hmm. And there's so many mentor um, videos as well, like the short mentor videos, which I love. Um, that's just genius. Yes. It's, you definitely are going to learn something if you go on that website. Absolutely. Um, so, so I did want to talk yeah. a little bit about the, the policy summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's an opportunity where we bring folks from around the country uh, into a room and we really get the best of the best ideas as it relates to creating a piece of model uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, we, we released a state level model bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, we will convene in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, one day before the uh, Drug Policy Alliance's conference, and we will, again, bring together a room full of folks that are going to draft a municipal-level model bill that will then be fine-tuned over the course of of a few months and then be released next year. Um, So, again, membership just staying in 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 contact with us you know we communicate these events uh if you've participated in them before you know we certainly invite you back but we're always looking for new ideas and 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 new connections so Mm -hmm. you know if you're interested in in creating some state level uh or excuse me i'm sorry municipal level uh legislation Mm -hmm. please feel free to reach out to us info at minoritycannabis.org and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a quick discussion, and we'd love to get you involved this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So how can people support that, that summit if, if they're just getting in, if they're just trying to get in, in the industry, they're just new, brand new to it? Like, what's the first thing they can do to support this, um, the work you're doing, other than joining the MCBA? Oh, Absolutely. You know, there's there's going to be a very small group, a focused group of individuals working on that that draft legislation. Mm-hmm. But we also uh, have a MCDA lobby day coming up in October. We will be in Washington D.C. again uh, for our members that are in Washington D.C. You're invited if you haven't joined MCBA, join the MCBA and then join us for lobby days. That's a, another great way to, to start influencing the policy that drives the business environment that you, you know, have to operate in. All right. Well, thank you for spending time with me today and being so amazing with your resources. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast, brought to you by Cannabis Women's Alliance and Good Vibes Marketing Agency. The Cannabis Women's Alliance was founded to bring community, guidance, and inspiration to women working in the cannabis industry. Good Vibes Marketing Agency is a digital marketing agency that creates organic content for organic solutions. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, you can email us at yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com.